Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, I'm the host around these parts, and I am so glad that you've decided to tune in today. We know you've got a lot going on, uh, that this is a particularly busy time of the year, and so I'm just so, so glad. You're going to love today's conversation. Uh, this is a new friend of mine, Drake DeLong Farmer. He is the executive pastor at Gateway Alliance Church in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, so it's always nice to talk to Canadians on the podcast. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so why don't you tell us, Drake, a little bit about the church, uh, give us a sense of, you know, the history, that sort of thing, and then also tell us about your role. Yeah, so Gateway, um, we are part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. Um, yep. So um, we're, as much as you're affiliated to a denomination, they give us quite a bit, obviously, freedom and yeah. different expressions and stuff like that, but... Gateway was planted uh, a few decades ago, but there's been two pastors in total. Um, and Martin, my, the lead that I work with, uh, came to Gateway about eight years ago. Um, he's originally from the UK, he's Scottish, and so I'm not not accustomed to a denominational structure. And so one of the one of the interesting things that we get to play with is is he gets to see things a little bit differently, both being not Canadian, not in this context, and being um, and a very post-Christian and and now revival, I guess. He he kind of got saved through the the house church movement in in the UK mm-hmm. a few decades ago, and so part of the uh, revival movement. And uh, and uh, yeah, and so he came to Edmonton. He uh, he looked at taking over this church that was a church plant originally, and uh, and he uh, yeah. So the cool thing about when Martin came into this is that, like I said, that he saw things a little bit differently than, than most people. And one of the areas that, uh, that he saw in that was, uh, a lot of the, you know, ethnic groups, the new age, the, the, the de-church, the unchurch, it's always kind of been a heart for him and a lot of things that maybe the church isn't accustomed to dealing with in a lot of times. Um, but a big, a big part of the, of the story of Gateway was through the transition of, um, our, the two pastors, a planting pastor and Martin, um, the church went in a decline. It went in a quite a, quite a, a, a huge decline um, financially, uh, attendance, support, and all that stuff. The, the, one of the advantages of being a part of a denomination, obviously, that they were there to support. Um, but when Martin came in, you know, the church was 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 on the brink of of closing its doors. Wow. And so, yeah. So there was there. Yeah, it was it was pretty dire that way. And mm-hmm. so when Martin came in, it was definitely an uphill battle mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the first couple of years, they doubled and then doubled again um, from there, and so yeah, so that was kind of a, a kind of a rebirth. So I mean, it was it. There is definitely uh, an original congregation that was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there's still the core. There's still a core group of people that were there from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but 
as a church goes from the beginning to where it is now, there is almost like a rebirth or almost a replanting. <laughs> and but with the people that were there, you know, with a new vision moving forward, um, loads of you know young families, young adults, a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different, like I said, unchurched, dechurched, new age, which obviously is very interesting and exciting, but at the same time has its own you know. Uh, complications or, or maybe not complications, but its own, you know, um, growing pains as a family and stuff like that. Absolutely. What was, um, yep. before we kind of pivot and talk about, you know, how are you building teams in the midst of a rebirth like that? Because I think that'll be fascinating conversation. What was it that kind of uh, was driving the the decline? Was there, and obviously it's usually a number of factors. It's usually not super easy to, you know, kind of just say this is what it was. And then what was it about, um, you know, um, one, one second. Yeah. yeah. Can, can Sorry, I'm just at home. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. yeah. What was what was kind of driving the decline? And then what was it that kind of helped with the turnaround? What was it that, you know, Martin's kind of leadership helped, you know, match well that ended up helping, you know, turn it around? Um. I think the big thing in the decline, a lot of it was just there was a there was quite a long period of of, of uh, no direct or sing. I say direct vision maybe isn't the right word, but um, you know, but having you know, uh, they went through a season without having some type of a pastor or leadership, and then the, you know the different associate staff. So there wasn't there was people there was interim um, leadership that had gone through, but. Um, there, there was a bit of a, a loss in that. And so because there was no singular direction, hey, this is where we're moving. This is what we're about. You know, this identity, the why. I think it's a big thing, the why question, right? And so they they still saw a vision of wanting to grow, but there was an undertow of what that meant. What did that look like and why? Mm. Why are we growing? Why are we, why are we choosing to do these events? Why are we doing these type of things? And so for a lot of people, it, it kind of moved into that into that direction. And so when Martin came in, um, you know, and, and one of those funny things, I mean, it's just, it was a God thing that Martin even got to Edmonton. I mean, never, he, they, they were, you know, praying and, and, you know, really had a sense that they were going to be leaving, mm-hmm. moving really far away. And they said, Oh, could you imagine we'd move to London? Oh. You know? And, <laughs> and so they ended up in Edmonton, Alberta, and they were just like, never heard of the place. Obviously. Right. And they knew that, you know, Canada, right. but as a, as Edmonton, Alberta, I mean, we're this Northern city, one of the, we're the furthest Northern, you know, major cities in Canada. Mm-hmm. And of course the shock of coming in the winter and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but when he came in, a lot of it was, you know, obviously the season of figuring out what 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 has God given us, you know. Mm-hmm. So there is this church that is on the brink of closing its doors, um, and and not an exaggeration to that at all. Mm. And so for for the first year was just like, what what is growing naturally? Right. What's growing naturally in the midst of these people? Hmm. And then to now take that and move it to the next level and asking the question. What does God want for us in this city? Mm. You know, and of course, with growth pains, there are obviously other people that are like, we can't follow you with where you wanting to go. And, right. you know, and the church, if you were to look at it when it started to where it is now and the changes that Martin, you know, made aesthetically, mm-hmm. I, I maybe use that word loosely, but, you know, the draw of the service, the, the purpose of what we're doing, you know, there's always the, the preferences and things like mm-hmm. that. But in the long term, looking at the long game, um, you know, there might have been a dip there. Um, but the people that stuck it out, I love one of our longest standing members, uh, great, great old, like he's some of those old guys that just like, he's at that stage in life where 
he's not overly concerned yes. <laughs> about people's opinions. Yes. But uh, Mr. Chuck's awesome, and he was having a conversation. Martin goes, I hate all the changes. I hate the lights. I hate the music. I hate da da da. But my son is coming, and my grandson is coming, so keep doing what you're doing. Oh, wow. So I think that kind of like helps get a little bit of a picture of that transition, and yep. especially for the people that stuck it. They just saw the people that were coming. They saw the people that were, you know, hearing the gospel. saw the people who, you know, were getting into community. And, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding, right? And, mm-hmm. the, and God was moving, and, and the church was growing, you know, leaps and bounds, and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Very cool. Well, let's let's talk about how you've been building teams in the midst of that. Because, you know, rebirth always sounds so great. Like, wow, things are heading in the right direction. But then <laughs> yeah, it's like, absolutely. oh, my goodness, we got to find people to support this thing. How, how are we going to, you know, build, the, get the right people, the right, you know, volunteers, the right leaders, the right staff? What does that look like for you in the midst of, uh, you know, of all that? Well, I guess to uh, give an introduction to when I, I guess for when I jumped in, so... Um, when when I came onto the Gateway team, um, it was about four years ago in July, and uh, basically Sunday morning was really picking up the service, the feel, you know, the, the foyer, all that stuff. But everything around that happened around Sunday morning. So we we basically um, we build our, our our ministry into the, the Gateway Globe, and there's three uh, hemispheres. So you've got Sunday morning. You've got um, the midweek, and then you've got community. So, and community not being community groups, but community connections, like our Gateway Center, our partnerships with our community league, the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different ministries out in the, in the community. And so, everything else outside of the hemisphere of Sunday morning um, really did not match, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, and the big thing was they really wanted to get the Sunday morning experience right, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, there's always obviously improvement, but. Mm-hmm or shifts or things like that. And so when I came in, it was like kids ministry, youth ministry, community life, um, community connect, all the, all these different areas were really um, not getting the attention they needed. And a lot of it, part of it was there were, there were dedicated people who are there serving. But again, there, there was missing the why. So I'll give you an example of like just on a logistical side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they use, uh, we still use this planning center for mm-hmm. volunteer registration, things like that. Mm-hmm. But they were, because they didn't have somebody investing in a team, they were scheduling people for for the kids' ministry and just scheduling them, hoping they would show up. <laughs> and then, and here's the material, and you know, and right. a lot wasn't a lot of discipleship focus. And so when I came in, it was you know my my official title at the time was pastor of student ministry and community life. And my joke title was pastor of lots of stuff <laughs> or pastor of everything else, which yes. is, the, you know, the usual associate. But, yep. you know, we actually even put that on the screen the one time, pastor mm-hmm. lots of stuff, which actually worked out to my benefit in a lot of ways. Because right. when I came in, everybody looked at what I was doing and they're like, you're going to kill yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I will in long term. Mm. And people stepped up. They're like, what can I do to help? Which was, a, it was kind of an interesting byproduct mm. to that. Mm-hmm. So when we came in, was just looking at okay. So, what what do we need to do to to turn these ministries around? And the big thing, the real focus of looking at there, there's obviously structures, there's obviously plans and programs and all that stuff. But the real focus was people. Um, there's this awesome line by a guy named Paul Scanlon who says, um, you know, it's not about we grow a big church. Mm. We want to grow big people. Mm. And if you grow big people, those big people will grow a big church, right? Hmm. 
mm-hmm. and and it, and it's all but it's about discipleship, mm-hmm. right? So and so the the, the long term goal and the short term to the long term goal was all about all of our structures, all of our programs, all of our teams. Everything needs to revolve around discipleship. It needs to revolve around investing in people, mm. and so that was you know finding people that that were gifted. Um, to to be running, say, an el- the elementary room or the preschool room, or to be building a youth team, you know, for the the, uh, the community life and stuff like that. And in the beginning, mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was programming everything, mm. you know, and as and of course there's a there's a limit of what can happen when you're doing that. But as people and you're investing in people, you saw like, hey, I see a gift in you. Would you be willing to help and come alongside with me? Um, and and to to run this elementary room or to be a key person in this ministry, and there's always a a fine line with people where there's some people if you ask too much of them they'll quit. Mm. There's other people if you don't ask enough of them they'll quit. <laughs> right. And I, I've just come to the place where I'm just like I say to them there are two types of people. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> right, know? right. I, and just which one are you? You know, because right. like let's instead of us dancing around, you know, because right. one of the tasks that I that I had to do in the first six months, four to six months. I don't remember what the exact. It was a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I recruited like sixty people and right. or sixty to eighty people in like four to six months, and and it was just in praying and looking. But you're, I'm out there on Sunday morning looking at people, going, "All right, God, who who, who do you want me to go up and ask?" And yes. I would just say to them, "Hey, if if you could serve God with your passions and gifts, what would that look like?" Mm-hmm. And for me, the big thing was because sometimes it might have been outside of the, this ministry sphere, which actually happened. There was one mm-hmm. guy we chatted with, and I said, "I'd love to serve God with my passion of real estate." Mm-hmm. We were in the place of want, needing to figure out some land stuff and um, parking, paving our parking lot. Hmm. The board was working on that. I said, "Hey, you know what? You know, this is what's going on. Let me get you in touch with the board." And then he actually ended up on the board. That's very cool. Um, but a lot for me was like. I'm look overseeing all of these areas. I'm I'm not struggling with, you know, I want this person for my ministry because they were all my, you know, like, so just mm-hmm. like, where do you want to fit? Right, like, right, totally. You know, so there was, there was huge advantages in that. And of course that mentality, that philosophy has carried through even the people that have taken over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, for example, the person that I, I spent quite a bit of time with investing in for our elementary room, who took that over, mm-hmm. um, is now our program director for kids ministry. Oh, that's great! And uh, is looking just in the process now of getting accredited and want to, you know, you know, get ordained and, and mm-hmm. become a pastor. And and so it's just yeah, you you spend that time investing in people and the discipleship, building that structure. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're at a place where every side of our team has now you know yes a ministry person or a ministry head mm-hmm. you know even in our rooms they're volunteers but they mm-hmm. also have like a room shepherd or room pastor mm-hmm. for soul care people mm-hmm. where it's like you know in these different ministries to say your whole job is to just take care of the people mm-hmm. so you look at the the team leads in that room you know that every then say to them how are you doing right now most of these people if not most of all of them also mm-hmm. have experience in the ministry area they are. So if that does come up, I'm really, you know, like, really what I'm struggling is this. And it's, right. it's, it has to do with the program, whatever. They can help them walk through that. But primarily it's, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you satisfied? Where's mm-hmm. your passion? How's Because mm-hmm. if you're satisfied and, and fulfilled in what you're doing, then the results will follow, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, and, and ultimately... 
you know, to certain that there is that balance there, but ultimately we do want to care for the person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is also like, hey, there's a ministry to be done. You right. know, we do this with our staff as well. Obviously, we're paying you that mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of work you have to do, but we want to care for you first and foremost. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there, there, there are probably people listening in who I know this because I see it all the time in churches who they you know, they kind of have a low view of, of volunteering in a church. Uh, they, they, we, if we're honest, they would say, you know, uh, the people who serve in our ministry are a means to an end. It's like, we, we need volunteers because we Mm -hmm. have to get the ministry done. Um, and the thing that I appreciate you're pushing on is no, no, like actually serving is a part of the discipleship process. What would you say to a church leader who's listening in, who's like, I'm not sure I really buy that. Like, I'm not sure that, you know, being someone who, you know, serves within one of your ministry areas is actually a discipleship process. What has that looked like for you? And, you know, how do you ensure that they're actually growing, not just doing a task for you? Yeah. Um, well, let me, let me. Let me play a little devil's advocate, I guess. On the, <laughs> well, for for on their end, like, okay, yeah. if you're saying, if the person's focus primarily on results, you know, I said it before already that if 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 that's where your headspace is at, for whatever reason, I can't understand that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, but let's just say, you know, you're very organizational. That's you know, you're you're a very administrative type of leader, and you're just mm-hmm. like, well, we have a job to do, and it's true. I don't. I, we have a task, a kingdom purpose. We have a mission. You know, there's things that need to get done. Yeah. We don't want. We're, I'm not talking about encouraging them all sit around with a guitar singing kumbaya or something like that. Like. Right. But when you get the right people in a team that believe in the mission that you're doing, that feel appreciated, and know what they're doing, they will tackle that task. And that's the big thing. It's, it's again where, um, if, if you want to see results in your team, if you want to succeed in that, the thing that I have found the most successful isn't focusing on the task. Primarily, there is that, but it's because they're rallied around as a community in a commonality accomplishing something. Like one of the things that we, I mean, I'm not the first person to have ever mentioned this, mm. but viewing your viewing your ministry teams like a small group, viewing your ministry teams like a community. So we, we have a huge... Um, um, focus on uh, house churches. Mm-hmm. So where we do big, we do whole church and house churches. So it's a yep. two wing thing. Um, we've got about 13 house churches all around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we really want people to plug in there because that's a, that's a huge area where people can discover, discover their gifts to be prayed mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. This is where we really push communion, uh, the one another's. Hey, you're like, well, where's the prayer meeting? It's your house church. Where's, right, right, right. where's the service ministry for the homeless? It's your house church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But also, uh, oh, let me take a step back. So um, one of our, our processes, our step processes, connect, grow, serve. Mm-hmm. Okay? So connect on a Sunday, grow in a community, serve on a team. Mm-hmm. Well, in all of those areas, there's community. Mm-hmm. right? So you can connect on Sunday, but to a certain extent, it's surface level, right? But that's mm-hmm. where you connect. That's where you, we celebrate together corporately. We worship God. We, mm-hmm. we are encouraged and equipped and exhorted. Um, and there, there is, you know, service teams and things like that. And uh, grow in a community is where you dig deep. This is your church. The 20 people that you meet with is the microcosm of the whole church where this is the people, this is the people that when you're, when you're in need, you go to. This is, this is, this is where you do life together. Mm-hmm. And then you serve on a team. But even on the side of the team, what we found is that those people that that are being invested in, mm-hmm. that get the mission, that gel together as a team, that have the chemistry, mm-hmm. not only are the most successful teams that we have, 
but they're the ones that you know, you know like our youth team is an example where uh, one of the team members went through a cancer scare mm-hmm. and that it was this team that walked with her it was this team that prayed mm-hmm. with her it was this team that that was the support for her and the first place she went to before her family even mm-hmm. you know because there was community there mm-hmm. you know and they had a common goal in mind that that you know it's the whole band of brothers thing right yep totally very cool. Well, this has been great. Uh, you know, I hope I hope you've been listening in and leaning into the conversation today. And and I'm sure you know as people have been listening in, will be challenged to think you know even about their own teams and how they're getting people plugged more in. Is there anything else you want to say before we move on with the rest uh, of the interview and jump into the lightning round? Yeah. Um, well, just one of the things too. The you know, um, like I said, we're I think I said this before the interview or before that we started the interview, um, but just the fact that you know we're we're going through transition and stuff and, and, uh, you know, I mentioned the beginning of the interview, you know, being the pastor student ministry and community life and you introduced me as the executive pastor. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things too, that for people to understand in my, at least in my philosophy, one of the things that why I'm, when, when we lost our, we didn't have an executive before mm-hmm. and we had an operations manager and I kind of played the other side of the role. So my operation manager and myself kind of played the two sides of an executive. So when she 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 got a great opportunity working for the university in the city, and mm-hmm. so we blessed her, and she she uh, she took that position, and I and I sat in my lead pastor office says, well, like this person basically was keeping the church afloat, not afloat, but I mean like operations, right? Like there's there's a component of that, you know. And I said, I feel like I should become the executive pastor, and of course at first he was like, are you sure? Nope, like nobody wants to become the executive, you know, the vision <laughs> guy, right? Nobody wants to become the executive pastor, and what I really just said was like. The reason that I drew to it was because I really wanted to continue to see a focus of discipleship. And so even as an executive pastor, mm-hmm. um, you know, with our staff, it's how, you know, how are you? What do you need? Mm-hmm. Where's your, you know, all those sort of things, but it's feeding the person. And I think that was really telling to me. Um, you've had Greg Atkinson on a couple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking with Greg because um, he's he's uh, kind of taken on the executive role at xpastors.com um, mm-hmm. um, with you know, pastor burn on stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was chatting with him and helping him with some, some stuff behind the scenes mm-hmm. and uh, just sharing my heart as an executive pastor. And he said, Drake, if I had an executive pastor like you, I would have never become an ex-pastor. Mm. And it was, it was telling to me to remind me of the importance of this focus, you know, that um, especially with pastoral burnout with, you know, mm-hmm. you're, if you're always looking at why, do, why can we never find people to volunteer? Um, yeah, maybe maybe you need to shift your focus into that person first and foremost. So I, I moved into that role. Like obviously, I'm I'm a problem solver. I'm a puzzle piece guy. I love the you know the structures things like that. But my role is like I don't want you to know that there's a structure there. It needs to serve you. You know, mm-hmm. vision and ministry and people come first, and the structures there to support. So just as a as a side note of why why I. I, I love I love going in every week and doing that and working with people and mm-hmm. and you know we're going through budget processes and I'm figuring out like oh man if we move this around and we can cut this and we can build up the ministry department and you know so I love doing that and all the stuff that people hate but it's because I can see how it equips mm-hmm. and it's and again it all goes back to discipleship mm-hmm. you know and I'm I'm the guy that walks around the office and goes hey twelve o'clock are you stopping for lunch 
and right, I you know right. gather the people at the table and and say let's do lunch together because mm-hmm. that's it's got to start there in my opinion. This is the Unseminary podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're gonna jump into the lightning round. That part of the episode where mm-hmm. we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. It's been so good uh, today to have a Drake, Pastor Drake from Gateway Alliance Church. Uh, Drake, what is an online resource you're using these days that's helping you out? Um. It's funny when I looked at this question, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, the Evernote and the Google apps, whatever. But I was thinking about in the last couple of weeks that there are two really um, things that we use right now that's huge, especially in the conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one more in the conversation. One is, uh, I think somebody else, oh, it was actually um, um, uh, Carrie Newhoff that mentioned it in an interview, but it's Dialpad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got rid of all of our, our physical handsets on our desks and yep. moved towards a uh, um, a new thing that, that connects with our, our cell phones and stuff. So it, it really helps people have the freedom to be where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Though it is also a discipleship thing because I have to help people go, when you're not working, make sure it's not on. You know, right. Do not answer it. <laughs> right, right, we right. have all the safety guards in the place, but again, it's still for them to figure out. And the other one I would say, it's a, a friend of mine has developed a new app called Whole Metrics, H-O-L, Metrics, one word. Mm-hmm. So it's an app on um, uh, spiritual vitality, so mm-hmm. your physical, mental, spiritual. Mm-hmm. So they just do a questionnaire. They have, um, you know, people that you, they can connect with for for coaching and helping through that stuff. But the idea for how I use it with my staff is I'm the email that the reports get sent to as their supervisor. Mm-hmm. So if there's a time where it's like things look great, mm-hmm. but they might not even realize it or they're not sharing it with me that there's – Something's dropping here, right? So it, it and it might it might just be a oh okay you're going through you know a difficult season so we need to come and help support you right um, like our kids ministry person went through a hard season and what was really cool was not only was I stepping in to help but our youth department was like hey what can we do right you know but it's those opportunities to kind of catch the things the whole metrics has, has been a great I mean it's a tool it's not a it's not a magic bullet but it, it it's a something that's part of that discipleship process for us right. Very cool. That's uh, that's great. What is a book you've read in the last, I don't know, maybe six months to a year that's had an influence on your thinking? Yeah. Um, one that I think I would go back to multiple times. It's one I read back, but it's one of those things when you cook that uh, um, productivity type of thing. It's called uh, How to Be a Productivity Productivity Ninja, I think. Uh-huh. I can't think of the author's name. It's off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, it was a, it's a it's one that I use. I don't get any of my staff to read it, but as we go through and things like, man, I can't get on top of my email. It stresses me out. I'm like, right. all right, let me show you how to organize your inbox yes. right. to better serve you. But if if you're that type of person who's just like, I'm because I'm a obviously time management, attention management. So like you have to have that. Looking at my past and all yep. the roles, I, I had to know that. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that. So that's a huge book. I think if anybody's looking at how, how can I be more productive, better use of my time. I think I'm really interested in the High Impact Leader by Carrie. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be um, a bit of a fanboy of Carrie Newhoff, but mm-hmm. um, um, but I haven't I haven't grabbed it yet. But I think that's probably going to be another one that I'm interested in. That I think is going to help in that. The other book that I would mention is Soul Care by uh, Dr. Rob mm-hmm. Reimer. Mm-hmm. So book. it is yeah it um, huge huge on the side of like the undergirding and I, mm. I, I've come to this conclusion the last little bit where it's like our big struggle isn't it's I'll just say our big struggle probably is an intimacy issue with God right mm. and, and there's things in our life that are stopping us from having a deeper connection with God that is going to actually fuel us 
or just a place of wholeness and identity and stuff. Right. So Pretty looking cool. again, that you've got the axe and then you've got the, the bee, the do the bee, right? Yeah, 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 totally. Very cool. Uh, what's another ministry that you're looking to these days that's inspiring you? Um, right now, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, one of the churches that we look to quite a bit, it would be Life Church in uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know somebody mentioned that to you in an earlier thing, but I think right now what I'm listening to quite a bit is actually you and Carrie mm. um, leadership things. Like um, it was actually again, Greg Atkinson was the one that mm. he dropped your name. Hey, Unseminary, I'm going to be on Unseminary. Mm. They're great, blah blah blah. And mm. I was like, who's this Unseminary? This <laughs> nice. I thought I thought it was going to be this, you know, like theological like anti-church that right, it was right, just right, funny right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. and then i was like oh man this is awesome this is exactly where i'm at so oh, I, I don't know i'm i would I, yeah i've been i've been really appreciating uh all the people you've been bringing on in the content i'm really excited too for your q a that's coming up stuff mm. so nice yeah, good I, lo- I love that stuff so good um if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive who would that be with and why um <clears throat> i've already mentioned his name a couple of times i say carrie yeah. newhoff right yeah, now totally um it's funny, actually. I just had a Skype interview with him a couple of days ago, oh, so it was great. interesting. I had nothing of the things that I personally would have asked him about, but um, again, helping with Greg with ex-passers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I picked Kerry, like, you know, I think a lot of people you would you'd imagine like Winston Churchill or you know like <laughs> Annie Stanley or you know Bill Hybels, but I'm really a big fan proponent of who are the people that are similar in your context that are, you know, a few steps ahead of you. Yeah, and when I look cool. at what where Carrie's at and connects his church and there's a lot of similarities, um, or in philosophy at least, obviously, mm-hmm. that I feel like, you know, there's some things that I would love to be able to like, hey, how did you right. you know, like how did you maneuver into this? Because we're we're, you know, now going in a similar path. Like what were the things? And I think a big thing is looking at that leader who right who's a few steps ahead of you, or maybe, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Carrie's, Carrie's an awesome, you know, leadership guy. Totally, absolutely. But yeah, and, you know, that, that'd be my thing. It was just looking at, nice. we're both Canadians, similar yep. contacts, but also some, some similarities. I'd love to pick his brain for sure. That's very cool. Well, I'm yep. sure, you know, leading your role takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of work. What do you do for fun? What do you do when you're, when someone says to you, hey, you need to take some downtime, what is it you do just to relax? Uh, relax? Um, a big thing is playing Lego with my boys. Nice. <laughs> they love they're in they're in the Lego st- or that or they're both very very active. So they love to wrestle. They love the we we moved the tramp. We have a little trampoline. We moved into our garage, so um, we uh, we That's jump cool. on that. Um, I uh, to stay active, um, but it's more of a not it's more of a pleasure thing. But it's uh, mm-hmm. soccer. Oh, nice. Or football or yeah. any non-American people, yeah. I guess <laughs> non-North American. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me that's just huge because like when I'm out there on the field, I don't think about I my I'm I'm the type of guy that thinks about 24 different things all at the same time, right, right, all right, the time. Right. So I'm on the field, all I'm thinking about is that ball. Right. And another one that's huge for therapeutic is cooking. Um, nice. I used to be um, when I was in the marketplace and re- sales and retail. I was also I did a, a time in 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 the kitchens and as a oh, as a nice. cook and very cool. So um, I hated working in that in the mass side of things, but I still love. I love cooking for my family. It's very therapeutic. Nice. It kind of shuts things out and I can focus on creating something, I guess. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Trick, I appreciate you being on the, the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Um, church. I'm a little embarrassed in this because we're redoing our website. So <laughs> forgive us. For... Everybody's always redoing their website. Well, <laughs> our website isn't is not mobile friendly right now, yeah, and that's my is. big like. This is way overdue, but it's a gateway dot ac. Yep. Um, and the AC is for Alliance Church. A lot of people, it's not CA, it's not the Canadian tag, but gateway.ac. Yep. And for myself, um, just Drake DeLong Farmer. Yep. Um, I know it's a long one, dot com. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll probably be in the show notes or whatever. And then yeah, all of my totally. social links and, and the projects we're working on is on there. That's great. I appreciate being on the show today. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.